Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here. Thank you so much for tuning into In the Marbles this week. We got a great show in store for you. We got the Dover races that just wrapped up, the Indianapolis 500 that just finished, and the preview of the Daytona races gateway and the Belgium Grand Prix. Let's get into it. Yes, another, I, I would say this week there, Ian, was kind of blah for racing. It was just kind of there. It wasn't exciting at all, I feel, at times. Listen, man, it's a it's a lot to focus on, you know? It, well, it is, but here's the problem. I, I felt like it was just kind of, the races didn't, weren't up to par as they were in the past, mm. especially at Dover, the Indianapolis 500 ending under caution, and I felt like it just was kind of a um, bust. Kind of a bust week? I felt like it was a bust week for NASCAR and Indy, especially Indy. Yeah. Did you watch any of the races? Or I did not. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're quite, your job requirements aren't making you watch the races. Your job requirements are audio and visual. I feel like if I'm, if I'm going to be contributing to the conversation, it'd be helpful for me to see these races, you know? It will at times. But I feel like it isn't the requirement requirement of you doing that. I uh, I need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I need to step my game up. No, no. I think you're doing a great job. You did a great job last week. Show came out well. But I feel like this week was just a bust. Yeah. And 
Preston isn't here. He called me at about 11 o'clock saying his wife might be going into labor. So we're just going to continue putting him in his, our thoughts and prayers. And I tell you, man, if that guy didn't have any bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. He's one of the most <laughs> unluckiest people I've ever met. And if it's not one thing, it's another. Because she's, can we talk about the pregnancy? Yeah, we, we talked about the pregnancy last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah, um, she's a little early. She's very early. How many I, weeks early? Eight. Eight weeks early, man. Seven to eight weeks early, and it's not good. It's exciting, and it's scary. I, I would say it's very scary, and I, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes, but we'll just continue praying and thinking about him, man, and I wish he was here because I'm sure he would have some stuff to say about the races this weekend. But how have you been, man? How was your week off or your week after the show? I had a great week. Yeah, I got. I was pretty much like on vacation this whole weekend. Got to go up to Waynesville, North Carolina with the family. Nice. It's just an action-packed weekend. I'm like, I'm just like tired in my body. My brother and I, we had this like Highlands game competition where we were just uh, we were tossing around the kettlebells to see how far we could throw them. Did you win? No, he's a he's an animal. He's an animal. Oh, is he the same guy with the sports gel and? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the Green Moose guy. Green Moose guy. Green Moose fuel. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> Not a sponsor yet. That's right. But um, and then. Then we were uh, we went to the lake there, and I I don't want to botch it, so I'm not even gonna say it. But it's a lake that's like right there. We were walking around, and we both were like, "Let's swim across this lake," and it was like probably half mile, like a three quarters of a mile long swim. That's a heck of a swim. That was when I just checked out. I was after that. I said, "I'm just done." I had a long sleep, and um, yeah, then I had a little disc golf game uh today just by myself was listening to a book called breathe it's just about how we're all breathing wrong i've been doing i've been breathing the same way for 34 years nobody's told me i've been breathing wrong if you've been breathing through your mouth you're breathing wrong only during exhale that's good then you've been breathing right whoa oh man <laughs> amazing how that you happened got straight teeth you know you you got a good you got good uh a good mouth thank take you that the wrong way thank you i appreciate you <laughs> and and I appreciate it. I have your awesome with the mouth. I was hoping I would impress you with my mouth. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. And I hope yeah, I've impressed did. everybody out there and in the Marbles Nation with my mouth. It's and really your best feature. Thank you. I would, I would put that out there. I would say I have a better personality than mouth, but I don't Matt know. Matt the Mouth Beamer. That should be... Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I do talk a lot. I've even turned race fans into non-race fans. I'm that much of a race fan. <laughs> And I got other skills too. Apparently, I'm. I again, you threw a curveball at me, a swung and miss. I wasn't expecting a compliment on my mouth. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse, like more comfortable or less comfortable. But I, I hope that you feel better. You know, that you have some more confidence about yourself. Thank you again for complimenting my mouth. <laughs> really appreciate that. I bet Preston was here, and he'd be a little jealous. Preston, you know, he's got some work to do. Just best advice that I got from this book was just keep your mouth shut. That's what I do. You get two ears and one mouth for a reason. Two ears, one mouth, two nostrils. That's a big... That's oh, a big that's one a big too. one, too, I'm sure, with breathing. <laughs> uh, but, man, I'm glad everything's going well. Hope everything's going well out there for you, the listeners of In the Marvels. We got some fun stuff planned in the next couple of weeks, but we're here this week covering the races at Dover... And the Indianapolis 500. So, but before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and get into the news of auto racing. 
right, so it looks like Corey LaJoy is not returning in 2020 to go fast racing. And this is no surprise. This is um, the time of the year, Ian, where it's silly season. Silly season? And Yeah, silly season. It's kind of the rumor mill of where drivers are going to go when their contract's up. Okay. So you have, for instance, the most infamous silly season in probably the history of NASCAR was 2007 when Earnhardt Jr. was leaving his, mm-hmm. his dad's company, DEI, and he went to Hendrick Motorsports, and everybody was speculating where he was going to go and what you know, where, where he was going to end up driving after DEI. And he ended up going to Hendrick Motorsports and finishing it out his career there. So it's kind of a rumor mill. So the silly season is kind of the, the big trading time, the big time where right. people make moves. Where one driver might be out and another one came in last year. Daniel Hemrick was out of the Richard Childress race in number eight car, and Tyler Reddick came in and took his spot. Okay, okay. So it was kind of like, okay, once you hear a driver isn't coming back, where is he going and who's taking his spot? Coming up from the Xfinity or Truck Series. And a lot of people are saying he might be going to Hendrick. He wrote Hendrick a handwritten letter not too long ago saying, hey, I'd like to be put into consideration to take Jimmy Johnson's spot. So that's where he might be going. We don't know yet. We don't know if he's going anywhere yet. But that was the first piece of news I have. The second piece of news, and only two pieces of news I have here, is... Kyle Larson, you, you you know that name, Kyle Larson? Kyle Larson? Um, I think I was in math class with him. In California? <laughs> it's a joke. Oh. I was definitely not in math class with Kyle Larson. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, wow, you might have an in to get this guy on the show. But um, <laughs> Kyle Larson, a few months ago during the pandemic thing, he used a racial slur on iRacing when somebody was streaming oh, it. So, so he got pretty much fired from Chip Ganassi Racing and pretty much blackballed in the world of NASCAR, but he's gone on to the world of outlaws and won a ton of races there. Like okay. He's just been dominating on the sur- track or dirt circuits of the United States, of the outlaws. Okay. But he wants to come back to NASCAR, naturally. That's the top motorsports in the nation. He wants to come back. And he's, you know, he's requesting NASCAR reinstate him, but NASCAR are in talks with him. They're not, he hasn't formally... Larson hasn't formally reinstated, requested reinstatement, but they're in talks. He's got to go through sensitivity training, which he completed, but he's still indefinitely suspended. Tony Stewart, who who's a team owner, three-time champion of the sport, said that NASCAR should get off their butts and do the right thing and give the kid an opportunity to get back in the car. Pretty yeah. much he made a mistake. He knows he made a mistake. Get him back in the car. Has, he, has he made any, like... At least like a public statement about... Yeah, uh, he's made a few public statements. The last time he was on Instagram or Twitter, he did a quick little maybe 30-second video saying, you know, I apologize. Shouldn't have done that. Kind of a hindsight's twenty twenty thing. Then a little while ago, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm not quoting, stating that what I said was ignorant. Shouldn't have ever been said. I've never used that word before. So kind of just... He's he's done everything NASCAR has asked him to do, which is sensitivity training, and he's trying to come back. Okay. to NASCAR, which makes sense. But that's all the news I got. It's a, it was a slow news week, but we got one more race to go till the chase or till the playoff start for NASCAR. So looking forward to Daytona. We'll get more into that later. But right now we're going to get into Formula One and who to watch for in the Belgium Grand Prix. All right, Formula One's returning this week for the Belgium Grand Prix at Spa. It's a pretty historic track. I don't have any stats on it, but I tell you what, it's a fun track to watch. Okay. Always, always something going on there. It's always 
either raining or not raining. There's always a curveball thrown in there. I mean, it is technically always raining or not raining. Touche. <laughs> well, well said, I Ian. I almost called you Ivan. Ian. Yo, you can actually. Let's just make it Ivan. Oh, okay. I like that better. Okay. Well, well, I have Ivan to change your name, Plackers. Yeah. Yeah, I have to change your name, Plackers. Again, I have to change the name, Placker. But it should be Ian Ivan Lovis, like Ivan in quotations. Ivan marks. in quotations. We'll make that happen. But Belgium Grand Prix coming up here this weekend. So the race is going to be August 30th at 9, 10 a.m., but we have qualifying and practice three on the 29th. So one, two, three qualifying. Here's my top five of who to watch for in the Belgium Grand Prix. And the last four, I've compiled these stats over the last four races again, unless otherwise noted. Lewis Hamilton, average finish a second in the past four races. Mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc has only two starts there. This is a weird stat. Average finish of .5, but in two starts has one win, one DNF. So he's 50-50. So you count, like, Lewis Hamilton has four starts with an average finish of second. Okay. But you would count a DNF as, an, as a finish of zero. Right. In Formula 1, it kind of is. Okay. Okay. So That's an interesting way to keep those stats. Yeah. It's weird with Formula 1. It just says DNF. It doesn't give you a quick where, to, where they finish. I'm sure if I dug deeper in there, I could calculate it, but it just says DNFs. Okay. So, hey, so an average finish of 0.5. Good for Charles Leclerc there. Max Verstappen, average finish of 3.5. Sebastian Vettel, 3.25. And Valtteri Bottas, of fifth. But given the way the Ferrari's doing, I don't know if they're going to be a factor this year. I expect the top three podium finishers are going to be Hamilton, Bottas, and Max Verstappen. Okay. Or the Belgium Grand Prix. It's one of those. It's fun to watch. I suggest watching it again August 30th at 9, 10 a.m. on ESPN. That's going to be one to watch. For yeah, me. that's the one you like watching. That's the one you yes. want to get into. And that's the race to do it, man. And if you can't DVR their practices and qualifying, because qualifying is knockout style qualifying. So what they do is they have the 22 cars there mm-hmm. and they all get on the track and post a time. Okay. And I believe it's the top 15 advance. So the first five are, the last five are out. And then another five get eliminated in the second round mm-hmm. to where you just have the top ten. And then the top ten in Q3 go for pole position. Okay. And sometimes it can get pretty interesting. I think qualifying is actually more fun than the race. That's really the unpredictability one. Okay. Because once the race happens and Hamilton's in front, he's gone. So he's just he's probably going to win this one. I would say if you were a betting man, don't, don't bet against don't him. Don't bet against him. But if you do and something catastrophic happens, don't blame me because... Anything could happen in racing. It's tough to bet on racing. I'll be honest. I'm not really a betting man. Okay. Well, then, good. So check out the Formula 1 Grand Prix there at Belgium. All right. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Where do you watch your racing? What do you mean? What avenue do you go to to find these races? As far as like, watching you, them on TV? Do you have to have, like, a... Do you get, like, a racing streaming No, I watch service? them on Dish TV. But with NASCAR, what I'll do is listen to the scanners on the NASCAR mobile app, listen to the scanners, and that's actually a lot of fun. If you want to get into racing and you're watching racing and you're not listening to the scanners, you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. The problem is, though, the scanners on the app are like 30 seconds ahead Uh. because of that delay on TV. Mm -hmm. So you're watching it, and they'll say, green flag, restart, go, and about 20, 30 seconds later, they're coming to the line and going. So you'll hear if there's an accident before... Everybody sees it if you're listening to the scanners. That's good. Well, you can like you can kind of be ahead of the curve, you know. If you kind of are. The people. And man, I tell you what, Boyer was not happy at Dover this weekend at the end of the race. 
He dropped a lot of expletives. But that's all I got for Formula 1. Again, Belgium Grand Prix from Spa this weekend on the 30th at 9.10 on ESPN. Make sure to check that out. And now we'll just get into NASCAR. Green, green, green. Ian, like I said at the top of the show, uh, the NASCAR races, I feel, didn't deliver like they normally do at Dover. Normally, you see a lot more craziness happening, but you didn't really get that. And the doubleheaders, I think, played a big part in that. I think a lot of people took it easy, the whole races. Everybody had a doubleheader at Dover, but the trucks, they had only one race. Mm -hmm. But they, they took it easy for the majority of the time, and I feel like it just wasn't typical Dover. And I'm sure Preston would hear he would feel the same way that I do. And I know I really can't say... You know what I mean? Because he would say, no, I don't. <laughs> but not the best racing I've ever seen from there. So why do you think uh, Why do you think the racing kind of took a dip this week? I, I think, you know, and I'll get more into it in the Indy about my opinions on that one. I felt like that was just all messed up. But as far as the truck races or the truck Xfinity and Cup races from Dover, you know, not that I like seeing accidents, but I thought there would be – it was very cordial this weekend. It didn't seem like a much, a lot of racing. There was some racing, but not like the intensity like NASCAR drives to build up. Right. It's kind of like an overhyped UFC fight where somebody gets knocked out in the first thirty seconds of a championship, you know, five round fight. So I feel I feel like it didn't really live up to Dover's hype, like the excitement and everything like that, the craziness. It just felt like it was all cordial. Everybody just getting in line and. Running around the racetrack. You felt like that competitive edge was just like I feel like it was, yeah, it was just kind of dulled, man. Yeah. Yeah, Overall, the whole weekend for all three series for all five races at Dover, which was kind of disappointing. I was hoping to see, because I understand, like, they don't have practice there, but the first race I can understand, okay, everybody taking their time, saving their equipment, but then the second race, just everybody all in, let's go. Didn't get that. Didn't get that bummer. It it was, man. I, I was hoping for a lot more exciting racing, but it just never manifested, I feel, in my opinion. Mm. But here's my top five from the truck race. Zane Smith started seventh, ended up winning the race, and staying in the top five all day. Matt Crafton was up and down all day, but overall finished second. Johnny Sauter, who had, I think last week we said an average finish of 1.75, didn't really get up there a whole lot and ended up finishing sixth, but started 15th, so good run for him, good points day for him. Mm. Stuart Friesen, who needed a good run, finished in the top 10, finished ninth, And Todd Gittleland started 17th, came up through the field all day, top 10 in all three stages, and ended up finishing fourth. So good day for him. And here's how I rated the race. Uh, memorability, six. Competitiveness, eight. Intensity, seven. Unpredictability, seven. Excitement, six. Overall, 6.8. That's not average. That's way below average for me for the truck series. Again, I said, right. you know, man, it just wasn't. I feel like exciting. Well, last week, uh, you guys were rating things around six and seven, right? Yeah, about six and seven. About seven's average for me. So it's, it was just just kind of a lull it's in just the two a lull. weeks. I felt like it was just kind of like, bleh. I mean, I, I know I just asked you this, but what do you think's dulling that competitive edge? Do you think it's that the fans aren't out there? I think that could have um, something to do with it, but at the same time, it's still racing for a trophy. You know, I don't think once the green flag and race starts, I don't think it's any different as far as watching it from TV than any other race in any other season. I don't know. I felt like Dover was just a Maybe miss. the energy's just off. Why? Because the people aren't there. Yeah. I, I, I know that um, like once you're in that cockpit, you know, it'd be near impossible to interact with any kind of fans or like have right. any connection. I would think like getting there, maybe they have like 
events beforehand where they're interacting with people. Maybe since all that's gone, this competitive edge Maybe. just feels like I don't know. the energy's just down. It just felt like it was just somebody let the air out this weekend. Either that or they're just saying this is a one more race. I feel like the double headers are necessary. And I, and I applaud NASCAR for this. NASCAR is the only sport in America who come next week will be on schedule as far as caught up with all their races with no changes in the postseason. Really? They just finished their 25th race as far as the Cup Series. Their 25th race, they're doing their 26th race, and then they're going to the 10-race playoff. Yeah. And they're the only sport not congestionate, not cutting out races. They're catching up and moving forward. So I applaud them for that. But these doubleheaders, it was supposed to be one this year at Pocono mm-hmm. as an experiment. Let's try it out. And I don't think this is going to work because you just have, I feel, the first race is going to be a glorified practice session. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to wreck their primary car or damage the engine. And in the next race, still not pushing it and still kind of nur- nursing it. I felt like it was more nursed and tiptoe advice. Right. Go out there. You're not, you're, you can change the engine next week. Whereas here, you can't change the engine, you can't change out anything, or else you're going to the back of the pack. Right. That's so what I feel. We got, like, big races coming up. Maybe they're, like... Yeah, maybe they're getting ready more so for, hey, we got one more race for a lot of people before we get into the championship, before we have a shot of going for a win at Daytona, putting ourselves in position, going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it was kind of... Well, going back to um, what you said about NASCAR being on schedule. Yeah. I don't know if that's because it's got like a more conservative base and it seems like the conservative folks, well, let's not get political about that. Okay. Second thing that I feel like, like NASCAR, I think it is, is inherently kind of pandemic proof. It's very individual to a point. I mean, you have your teams there. Yeah. You got to have someone to change the tires and fuel up the car and do all that stuff. You need to pick crew there. You need the crew chief and you need a spotter. But I think that's, it's a little more contained. Where you have, you're like, all right, your crew, you're, you guys are together, right. and you don't interact. But with like them just getting back into basketball and baseball, it's like this whole mass of people has to be together. And it's like there's no way around it. Right. Where NASCAR, I think, it's something to consider if you're like, hey, what sport am I going to get into? Like NASCAR seems to be have some inherent yeah. pandemic-proof qualities to it it does and the only bummer is and you hinted on it no fans yeah but here in two weeks i'm going to darlington got my ticket so i'm excited about that i haven't been to a race since february in the five daytona 500 but yeah you're kind of right it is kind of pandemic proof your focus is on the drivers and they can't really get close to each other right as far as within the fines of a normal social gathering yeah, I see what you mean, man. It is kind of pandemic proof. Not totally. I mean, some drivers have gotten it, but have recovered quickly. Not the two week normalness, but one miss one week and then they're back in the car. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a cool thing. That's something that I'm now talking about. I'm like, man, that, yeah, I think that, I need to get it. In I NASCAR. mean, as much grief as I give them from time to time, as far as NASCAR, they're the only sport who's going to be on schedule to finish the entire season. Not even Formula One. No, Formula One's not coming to America, Canada, Brazil. They're just staying on the European continent. Oh, really? So they're racing Belgium, but their first race was supposed to be in Australia. They canceled that. Mm. They canceled the United States Grand Prix, the Canadian Grand Prix, the Brazilian Grand Prix, Abu Dhabi. 
does that mean a lot of racers were knocked out and it's just European racers or is no, it I mean, worldwide racers? You, and you still have your normal, what is it, 22 cars on the starting grid every, 2022 cars on the grid. Preston's a Formula One guy. He'll, he'll know offhand. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you're from. They can still be on the grid and racing. Okay. Whereas NASCAR, you can still have a field up to 40. It doesn't matter if the driver's from Mexico. Daniel Suarez is from Mexico. And he can still race. It, you're not taking out the driver necessarily because they're from a different country or continent. You're just limit the contact that you have between everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think NASCAR's done a good job with it. Obviously, awesome. they're going to finish the season, not as scheduled, but they're going to have all the races completed. Yeah. Like in hockey, some people are saying there's going to be a asterisk next to the Stanley Cup mm. champions. That's not going to be the case in NASCAR. Yeah, and that's, I think that's an important thing. Like, we don't know how long this thing's, this COVID thing's no. going to go on for. And so, like NASCAR, because it's been on schedule, you said it's the only sport that's been that yeah, way? Yeah, as far as I could tell, it's in... Correct me if I'm wrong on social media. Yeah. But as far as I could tell, it is the only sport that yeah. is going to finish as scheduled. Yeah. Because they're going to be back on schedule come Daytona, come next week. That's awesome. That that's that probably bears, like, both super well for oh, NASCAR. Yeah. As being, like, great. A, like, a nationally record. I mean, it already is, like, a, a very popular sport. But it might even get more popular because it's, right. like, this is the only thing that's, like, going on. Yeah, it's the only thing that is going to keep on, you know, make it as far as we have to schedule out and we're going to finish everything we wanted to do. So, But even them, they're like, like having a whole team. Oh, yeah. Like like COVID lockdowns. Yeah, like what, Tampa Bay or something like that? I don't know, but it's crazy. And only onesies, twosies here and there. It isn't like an entire team in NASCAR has been mm-hmm. hit by this. They've been... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They've kept their shop guys separated from the road guys and yeah. limited contact with drivers as far as one or two guys there helping them in the seat. But that's it, man. I think that it's crazy. That's a very good omen for NASCAR. I think it's good, next, too. Next year or so. As long as they could tweak a few little things here and there, I think it'll be fine. What, do you, what do you think they ought to tweak? We'll get more into that. Okay, let's because get we into got, it. I got, we got an upcoming race here at uh, Gateway for the Truck Series. Uh, it's going to start. Uh, race is going to be August thirtieth at noon. And here are my top five who to watch out for for that race. You got Stuart Friesen, two starts, average finish of eighth. He needs a good finish there in order to lock himself into the championship. Matt Crafton, average finish of fifteenth there overall in four in the last four events. Brandon Finger, three starts, average finish of ten point seven. Johnny Sauter up there again, average finish of 3.25 in the last four races. And Austin Hill, although average finish of 12th, has wind in the cells, and he's looking to make an impact there in the championship. And so Austin Hill is my number five driver for the gateway racer and who to watch. And, again, that's going to be August 30th, noon. Now we're going to Daytona. Now Daytona, for you, Ian, is one of those tracks, it's, it's called a tapered spacer. It used to be called restrictor plate, and the reason that for that is is that if you, you keep these cars not on a leash, 
they can hit speeds up to 230 miles an hour. Wow. So you're booking. So what they do is they have these things called tapered spacers in there, which limits airflow to the engine, which reduces horsepower, and that's why you get these big pack racing. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. That is a great equalizer. That takes a C-class team and turns into an A-class team because okay. everybody's on that same playing field. The problem with that is you're in a big pack. If one person messes up, everybody's going down. A lot of people can be affected by this. It's like the Peloton. Peloton. I'm trying to figure out the reference. Peloton is the um, the giant pack of cyclists that are, uh, okay, I guess, like, in the Tour de France. Like the Tour de France. Yeah, sure. I, I, when I heard Peloton, I'm, oh, the bicycle. But that's oh. what it's named after because you have a big group of people. I didn't that know that. With. Okay. But see, yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. So, yeah, you're in a big pack, and, like, you've seen the crashes from the Tour de France, and one person oh, yeah. messes up, everybody just, it's the same way in NASCAR. It's kind of a crapshoot here, and we're going to Daytona. It's the last race in the regular season before. So, at this point, if you're not locked into it, you have a shot at getting up there and getting into the playoffs. Okay. Throwing your name in the hat. But first, we're going to cover the Xfinity race from Dover. And what I did, since it was a doubleheader, I averaged out their starting positions and average finishes through stage one and two in the finish. Okay. So it's going to be a little weird, especially if you're watching on YouTube, of how I did this. But I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Here's the top five I have from the Dover race for the Xfinity Series. Noah Gregson started an average of seventh in both races, 3.5 in stage one, 4.5 in stage two, an average finish of fifth in the races, had a great race, both races. Ross Chastain... Averaged in both races at 2.5, so he ran very well up there. He's, he's geared up to go into the Daytona with a head of steam and getting up there, and he's won there in the truck series. Chase Briscoe winning the second race, average finish of 5.5 in both Dover races. Justin Allgaier, first win in 2020, finally getting that monkey off his back and showing that he's championship material. Average finish of fourth in both races, really impressed me overall. And Riley Herbst. Average finish is 7.5 in both races. I think he's going to be one of those dark horses for Daytona getting up there. And here's how I rated the race again. Both races kind of hand-in-hand hand there. Memorability, 8. Competitiveness, 7. Intensity, 6. Unpredictability, 8. And excitement, 8. Overall, 7.4. So it's about on par. It's a good race. For it. I thought it, I thought the Xfinity race was better than definitely the Cup race overall, but... Mm-hmm. Because the cup race was, holy cow, it was a Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin show. They both dominated that race, and I'll get more into that. But who to watch out for in Daytona? I got Mike Arnett in the last four races. Average finish of 21st. He's been caught up in some of those wrecks there. Riley Herbst, again, uh, another dark horse that I mentioned earlier. Average finish of 18th and one star. Brandon Brown, who's right there on the cusp. He's not locked in, but he's in the danger zone for the playoffs. Average finish at 21.5 in two starts. Justin Allgaier locked himself in last week with win at Dover, but could help himself out more here in Daytona. Average finish of 11.3. And Noah Gregson in one start. Average finish of 15th. That's in the fall race. I averaged these up in the fall races, but in he won the season opener there at Daytona, so he knows how to get around there in that junior motorsports number nine car. It's going to be a fun race to watch there. And that race is going to be on August 28th at 7.30 night race. Ooh, 7.30 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Does that, uh, does that have much effect on what's, what's going to be going on? Like, does that affect the drivers at all? It definitely affects the grip of the track. The cooler the track, the more grip the tires have. Okay. And it's just a different feeling when you're under the lights there. Fans will be able to be there. Nice. So looking forward to 
having fans back in the stands. They were there for the road course race. It turned out well. So it's a lot of fun. Fans are finally back in the stands there. Nice. Now we go to the cup race. And like I said, it was a it was a Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin show. Harvick and Hamlin swapped positions there, dominated. Harvick scored the 700th career win for Ford and became the regular season champion. So he locked that up with his seventh victory of the season. Wow. Dominating, Kevin Harvick is. And here's my top five. Again, I averaged both of them together just to kind of make it easy. But Martin Truex Jr. finished second in both races. Okay. Average finish is second. And he's one of those guys, he's not winning a lot. He has one win this season. He's finishing the consistency. He's doing exactly what he needs to do to advance himself into the next round when the playoffs start. And I'll tell you how the playoffs happen here next week. Okay. Brad Keselowski average finish of 8.5 in both races. Didn't really flex his muscles up there a lot, but I feel like he had a, just a consistent day all day, finishing, staying in the top 10 for both races all throughout the day. Jimmy Johnson, who needed a good run, finished third in the second race with an average finish of fifth in both races. Needed one of those good runs because he's facing William Byron for that final cutoff spot, who had an average finish of 16th there. Had a bad first race, rebounded the second race very well. And Cole Custer, who's already locked in the championship, but has an average, had an average finish of 10.5, winning the sale, still developing as a driver. These guys, these rookies like Cole Custer coming in and not driving these cars and having time to practice are really showing up and... Giving the fans a show, I feel. Yeah. Uh, rating the race from day, uh, from Dover, I gave it a memorability 8, competitiveness 8, intensity 9, unpredictability 7, excitement 8, overall of 8. So a little above average, but mm. again, I just feel like it wasn't the same Bristol, or Bristol, Dover, that it normally is. Going to Daytona, it's a completely different beast there. For the Coke Zero Sugar 400, August 29th at 7.30, and here's who to watch out for. And, and these five drivers are right there either below the cut line or right there in the danger zone of being eliminated from the playoff. I got Clint Boyer. Average finish is 16.75 at Daytona over the past four races. Matt DiBenedetto, 15.25. He runs well there. He knows how to get around there. I think he's going to be a threat to maybe get the Wood Brothers' elusive 100th win. Mm. William Byron, 17th in two starts. Jimmy Johnson, 18.25. It's hit or miss at Daytona. He's checkers or records for Jimmy Johnson there at Daytona. And Eric Jones, he's won this race before. Average finish of 11th in the past four years at Daytona for the night race. Again, that's going to be August 29th at 7.30. I know you had, I don't know, I know you don't have an IndyCar queue, but I'm just going to give you the top five. Here's what happened with the Indy 500. It was a great race coming down with 10 laps to go. Oh, man. Five laps to go. Scott Dix, Takuma Silas in the lead. Scott Dixon is going to catch him. It's going to be a good battle for the win. This driver wrecks. I mean, wrecked hard. Oh, He's okay. Okay, that's good. I can't pronounce the guy's last name, so I'm not even going to butcher it. Race ended under caution. So pretty much a race ended going 50 miles an hour if I was 220. Okay. I was so bummed, so upset about that. I didn't like, I don't like races on, and I... Hope Roger Penske learns from NASCAR and says, we need a green-white. We need an overtime because nobody wants to see a race end under caution. My first IndyCar race was Pocono. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray won it, and it ended under caution, and my uncle was so disappointed in that, and I don't blame him. But here's my top five from the Indianapolis 500. Takuma Sato from Tokyo, Japan, winning his second Indianapolis 500. 
Wow. Scott Dixon, who I thought was going to be a sure win and definitely be up there for it, which he was, finished second, just got caught up with that bad timing of the caution. Mm-hmm. Tell me what this name, where this guy might be from. Pato Award. That's definitely Pato yeah. Award. Uh, I think the O is giving me Irish vibes. It gives you Irish vibes. He's Mexican. I was just as surprised as you right I, there. Oh, uh, well, now that I see Pato. Pato. Oh, it's Pato? Okay. I don't know. I said Pato. Pato, Pato. Yeah. Does that make me a bad person? No, it I doesn't because I, I saw Award and it's like, that guy must be from Ireland. Nope. That's what you get for jumping the gun. But he finished sixth, had a great run. He's rookie there. He's Zach Beach, even though he didn't finish in the top ten, finished 15th. He was up there from time to time, led a few laps. And Graham Rahal finished third after starting eighth. Here's how I rated the race. Memorability, seven. Competitiveness, eight. Intensity, nine. Unpredictability, eight. Excitement, six. Overall, 7.2. And they were lucky they got that. Not a good race. Only because it ended because on the, the caution. Course. And the announcers were even saying we should red flag this and have a few laps shootout. And he decided against that because I think the driver was injured. It was shaken up. All right. He wasn't injured. He was shaken up. He's doing fine now. So walk me through this. Yeah. So it, a guy wrecks. Yep. And they decide we're going to cap the speed limit. Is that what so the saving on caution the, is? The pace car will come out and pace the field at a certain number of speeds. So maybe 60, 70 miles an hour. Okay. depending on how they set it. And everybody will just bunch up, and it's just for the safety crews to get out there. Not only that, the entrance to pit road had a tire barrier, which okay. was hit laterally by the car, which damaged that. So I think that played a factor in it, but still not fun. And then the red flag will stop the race. It's kind of like a timeout. Okay, and then they'll fix stuff. Yep, they'll fix stuff and put stuff up, and then they'll go back under yellow and then... Green will restart the race. Okay, okay. So the red flag, yeah, is, is to stop the race or pause the race. Not necessarily stop it. That can happen due to weather. That can happen due to a bad accident. Mm-hmm. A number of factors. But that was it. That was our NASCAR and Indy review. And now I, I got a movie review for you. So movie we're gonna, review. Yeah, we're going to head into the movie review and see what the movie is. All right, this week's In the Marbles movie review is a kind of a mini-series. Okay. It's kind of one of those documentaries where they have the actors, and, you know, it's it's not a, your typical documentary. It's right. it's a, you know, kind of a mini-series. It's a three-part part series, and it's CMT's NASCAR, The Rise of American Speed. Okay. It takes you from NASCAR's beginning in the south, mainly Georgia, with bootlegging, with... Yeah. Roy Hall and Lloyd C. driving for Raymond Parks, who was a big bootlegger there in Dawsonville, Georgia, and how they used to race cars, and Bill France Sr. coming on and saying, I want to put everybody into one organization. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the Streamline Hotel in 1948 and says, hey, we need to have regulations, rules. We need a system in place in order to govern all this. So he went there with Raymond Parks and drivers and organizers and promoters and went in there and formed NASCAR at the Streamline Hotel. Bill France Sr. then built Daytona and the National Speedway and then Talladega Super Speedway. And then turns over in episode two where Bill France Jr. takes over and 
Sets up the 1979 Daytona 500 for CBS, the first flag-to-flag race there for NASCAR. But here's the problem I have with it. Okay. And it always and it talks about the rise of Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, but then it sticks to Dale Earnhardt. And a few episodes ago, I'd say maybe about two, three months ago, Preston and I had a debate, and it was, does NASCAR talk about Dale Earnhardt too much? Because it ended in that 2001 season. They could have made it a four-episode and talked about what's going on now more so instead of just really stopping at 2001 and the death of Dale Earnhardt in the 500. And in our debate, go back and listen to it. I think it's called, the episode's called Great Debate, where we really just talk about a lot of documentaries having to do with Dale Earnhardt or having a, Dale Earnhardt's death having a big part in it. Yeah. And that's the downside to this particular documentary. It's like about it's like the history of much. it's like the history of NASCAR stopped there. Okay, okay. Instead of saying we moved past that and look what happened after two thousand one. Well, here's a question: Have we moved past? A lot of people life? haven't, and a lot of people say NASCAR died one the day Dale Earnhardt died, and that's unfortunate because I feel like if you get past that, mm-hmm. it just feels like it stopped there, and so much more has happened in the nineteen years. Yeah, of NASCAR. Besides the death of Dale Earnhardt, it just feels like the documentary stopped there, and then make maybe a little five minutes afterwards said, "Oh, we had other stars like Carl Edwards come up the ranks. They even mentioned Kyle Larson, mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace in there, but it just feels like after that it was just all like meh." Well, um, I kind of see it almost like um, Lance Armstrong in uh, the Tour de France. You stop somebody on the street. Say, hey, do you know who Lance Armstrong is? Like, yes, yeah, I do. And I haven't heard the term, you know, the Tour de France died when Lance Armstrong was caught cheating. But functionally, I think that's probably like a similar thing. Right. You stop somebody on the street, say, who's Dale Earnhardt or Dale Earnhardt Jr.? They know who it is. Like, if you ask them who, like, you know, who somebody else is, you, <laughs> I don't even know the names of these I, I guess maybe like Austin Dillon. I would I would be like, I think he was in my math class. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I feel like if you want to get people to know the history of the sport and what's happened, you can't stop at that one race. Right, like they should have been. Like they should have gone. They should have said, yeah, this is a big day. This, act like this was the turning point. It's like the most infamous race in, in NASCAR's history happened on this day. It's like, well, so many more exciting races and Daytona 500s happened after that race. Mm-hmm. That to stop there, I feel like it's it's kind of like repeating cycle of what NASCAR does, right? They in their documentaries, they and what anybody transcended does. that and been like, right? They should hey, have said, "What's going on? Now. Oh, here's what happened." And but afterwards, look what we did, and look at the more and made the fourth part, the you know the changing of the guards when Jeff Gordon retired and Tony Stewart and all these other drivers retired. But look who's coming up the ranks now. I feel like, and for that, I give. This documentary and miniseries, four lug nuts. And it would have been five if they would have moved fast to 2001 Daytona 500 and the death of Dale Earnhardt, but they didn't. But uh, otherwise? But otherwise, very good, worth the watch. It's on, I got it on Amazon Prime. I think I maybe spent five bucks on it. Yeah, I got I to gotta watch. So, yeah, I mean, it's worth, to me, if you're starting to get into the sport of NASCAR, like yourself, good, maybe good primer on the on the whole thing. Yeah, it it would kind of give you a oh here are the characters and here's the people who made this sport. You know, here's what happened. It's not you know it's 
it's a documentary slash kind of like a movie. Okay. You know, where you can tell like, oh, they're acting, but it's a good, well put together. But again, it stops there at the 2001 Daytona 500 and it doesn't move past that, I feel much. I didn't realize that the sport was so young that it only started really in the the 60s, right? The first season was in 1949. The first sanctioned season of NASCAR was in the 1949. Yeah. But the whole thing came about from like moonshine runners. Yeah. Because they would soup up their cars to outrun the law. And then they were like, and then they said, well, let's get together and race. What a beautiful story. And it came from that. It came from outlaws, man, mainly in the South. Yeah. Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, North Carolina boomed into this multi million dollar organization. Huh. All because one guy said, let's all work together and do this. So I thought it was good. That was your In the Marbles movie review for this week CMT's NASCAR Rise of American Speed. From there, we're just going to get into our final thoughts this week in NASCAR and our driver of the week. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Have our In the Marvels 2.0 fantasy standings after following Dover. It's doubleheader, and I, I must say I forgot totally to do the second race. Ugh. So I must have lost a little there, but... Critical error. Another jump in standings. Beamer on the Beamer was first last week, and now we have SMR R&D first with 4,306 points. Beamer on the Beamer, 4,137 points. I'm in third here with... 4,028 points. S Blades, 3,868. SMR Operations, which is Preston, 3,810. Meep Meep, 3,488. Crunchy Enterprises, 3,354. 43 Meep, 3,082. Jaywalk, Flock of Wiregrass Racing, BK Racing, all out of it still in the 1800s. I don't think they're even updating their stats anymore. And this is for the $100 Amazon gift card we're going to hand out at the end of the year. And if I or Preston win it, it rolls over into a $200 Amazon gift card for next season. I want to win just to keep it interesting, but I want other people to win and put their hats in for next year. And I definitely want to be Preston. Yeah. Got to be Preston. Got it. I mean, he's not even here today. Nope. Not How would that look? Yeah, but, you know, he's got other priorities and I don't blame him. We're not there. We're getting there as the podcast, but we're not there yet. We're definitely better than we were in the pilot, and I hope people don't listen to our pilot and say, well, these guys are horrible. Listen to it later episode. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, people people know that. I, mean, I, I hope so. You think about where, where Joe Rogan started. Yeah, Joe Rogan's. Well, it's easier, I feel, starting a podcast when you have a name and they're a little famous. Oh, yeah. Vice. Just some guy off the street saying, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. But even still, his his first podcasts were trash. Yeah, and look at him now. to what he can do now. Oh, yeah. We're getting there, and you're in the ground level, buddy. Ground level. Ground level. I'm in the trash stage. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> it's more fun here sometimes. It's pure. And I'll tell you, I'm learning so much. Good, man. About podcasting. And, what you, and, and racing, I hope. And racing. And racing, I hope. And I, I need to get... A little more into the racing. but it, it takes time, man. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not one of those things you can just jump into head first, I feel. you got to ease your way into the waters. But I'm glad you're here. Again, thank you for being here. You ask a lot of good questions, and it's fun just kind of showing you my passion. Maybe I, we could go and do Highland Games stuff because I like the Scottish games there every <laughs> year at Boone Hall. Is it Boone Hall? Yeah, I, I think so. Know. i got to go to There at Mount Pleasant. Those are fun. I enjoy those a lot. I met David Reagan there once. David Reagan. He's a NASCAR driver. Okay. And, I, and his car was there. And I told my wife, oh, this is David Reagan. He won Daytona. He's won in Talladega. And there he was. And oh, wow. I got a, um, 
There it is, the autographed picture of him up there. And oh, I, nice. I, I bought one of his die casts in order to help with the Shriners Club, and yeah. all proceeds went to them. I, nice. But here we go. Our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, since we talked about NASCAR's CMT's The Rise of American Speed, is Red Byron. Born okay. March 12, 1915, is a World War II vet. He served on a B-24 and was a flight engineer on there and was injured in that B-24 in his left leg. Doctors wanted to amputate it. He said, nope, because when I get home, I want to race race cars. So they patched it up the best they can, but lost a lot of use of it. So Raymond Parker, who we talked about at the beginning of the show, helped form NASCAR, and his team helped rigged up a special thing to use for him to use to clutch, and he went out there and started racing. First driver to win a NASCAR race and was a 2018 Hall of Fame inductee. So, Red Byron, your driver of the week this week in NASCAR. What a legend. Yeah, really the one of the founder pioneer guys was there in the Streamline, Streamline Hotel as well, mm-hmm. getting ideas to pitch to Bill France Sr. on how to make NASCAR NASCAR. Would have been fun to see him race. Would have been fun to talk to him. But for this week in NASCAR, we go all the way back to August 24th, 1991. With a pass of Sterling Marlin on lap 394, Alan Kowicki took his first lead at the Bud 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. Kowicki driving for his own team, AK Racing, in his fourth Thunderbird. Alan Kowicki held the lead for the final 137 laps to score his third victory of his career. And that was a year before he won the 1992 championship. And then in 1993, on the way to Bristol Motor Speedway, he was involved in a plane crash and was killed. Ugh. Lost a lot of drivers to aircraft accidents in 1993, him and Davey Allison. Some few drivers are pilots. I think maybe one or two. Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. But that was our show, our 49th episode. We got a very special 50th episode coming up here. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Got some stuff in the works. And I will definitely let you guys know throughout this week in social media of what's going on here. But got to finalize a few things, but it should be fun. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, How man. How does it feel? It feels like I've been doing a lot of the work and Preston hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Preston, you know, just has, you know, life going on, man. He, again, we talked about it at the top of the show. If he didn't have any, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. I feel it is what it is. But our 49th episode, 50th episode coming up next week. Ian, thanks again for being a part of this. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And that was our show. If you don't have anything else, do you have anything else before we start wrapping it up here? I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. Well, Ian, if you got nothing else here, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marbles. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And head over to our Patreon to maybe make a contribution to the show if you like it enough and For Preston Lude, who is not here, and Ian Lovis, I am Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 